It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did it get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Excuse giving me? Giving you a new name. Was that on purpose? No. <laughs> oh, it's just writing Saban Lee. <laughs> and Jason Lee came out of my my mouth. Jason Lee was the uh, old head coach of Mountain Crest. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jason Lee, the former head coach of Mountain Crest, is not guest hosting on the Full Court Press. No, no, he's not. <laughs> it's Jason Walker <laughs> on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker was a former offensive coordinator for Logan. <laughs> Was he really? I th- there was a Jason Walker on Logan. I think he was the offensive coordinator. I don't think he's there anymore. Maybe he is. I don't know. I can't remember. But there was a Jason Walker on Logan's football staff. Oh, wow. We're off to a great rolling start here at 5 o'clock hour of the Full Court Press. Yeah, we are. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Jazz trading uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Sure it's not Boyan Lee? <laughs> Boyan Lee. Bogdan Bogdanovich. In thing. exchange for Kelly Olenek and Sabin Lee from the Pistons. Uh, and we spent the last hour trying to figure out how they fit into the system or the roster for Utah. Something's got to give. There's too many guys under contract. The Utah Jazz have to still have something in the works, or somebody's just going to get cut. You know, or they're going to need a mighty big pair of scissors to cut. <laughs> they have 18 fully guaranteed contracts by my count. I initially counted 17, but I forgot Saban Lee. <laughs> He's not on my list, so add another. And, uh, yeah, they have to get down to 15. They have a couple two-way guys, so you, you can have 17, basically. But two of those guys have to be two-ways, so got to start cutting people or yeah. start trading them. Something's got to give. Um, and a lot of your texts coming through last hour about the Utah Jazz, and we suspect that there's probably more in the works uh, from Utah. But this hour, we're going to be spending a little bit more time talking about Utah State and UNLV. Jason and I will give our predictions, uh, not just score predictions, but how we think the game might play out. And we'd love to get your predictions as well on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321, to chime in and and give us your thoughts on that um, as we look ahead to the weekend. We also have a high school football game going on tonight, Green Canyon hosting Ridgeline. Uh, Game's going to be available in multiple places to follow this game. 100.9 100.9 FM, uh, light FM. It'll be on 104.5 The Ranch. It will also be streaming online on CashValleyDaily.com. You can watch the game there. So a lot of different places to follow along and, and watch the this game between two teams that had a, a good win two weeks ago, stubbed their toes each last week. And so what happens this week in response in week three of Region 11 play. So um, interesting showdown in North Logan uh, later on tonight. Uh, Craig Hislop and John Russell on the call with their pregame starting at about 645 on radio and online on Cash Valley Daily. Um, so a couple different things going on uh, this weekend. We'll get into more of the other games through Region 11 tomorrow 
But um, it's an interesting showdown on a Thursday, which usually, I mean, the last couple of years, there's usually been at least one game in Region 11 that gets featured on a Thursday night. Uh, and uh, this season, it's Green Canyon hosting Ridgeline, where there were a lot of preseason expectations, I want to say, of the Wolves. It have clearly not been met. Injuries are a big factor and part of that. Uh, but uh, you know, Ridgeline, a team that was starting to do uh, better and find itself, and then they've kind of taken a step back too. So interesting to see what happens tonight in that matchup. Yeah, the the expectations for the Wolves are why they're playing on a Thursday because those are usually ones where you know people from Salt Lake come up and televise the game. Um, but yeah, since the Wolves haven't met that, it may not be nearly as exciting as maybe originally hoped when that game popped up on the schedule. Because uh, Ridgeline, at least they have some stability. Green Canyon doesn't really have any. They've got uh, the one game against Bear River where they managed to find some semblance of offense. And other than that, nothing. Nothing. And so Ridgeline, they've got something, you know, and they've got a run game, decent offensive line, a solid running back. They've got something they can rely on, whereas Green Canyon does not. Green Canyon's got a solid defense, but so does Ridgeline. And Ridgeline has some offense. So unless there's a big surprise from Green Canyon, you know, you kind of got to go with Ridgeline on this one. Yeah, I would uh, I would go with the Riverhawks uh, to win this one probably by more than a touchdown. Uh, I, may, by, I don't think it would be too much of a stretch to say Ridgeline by double digits. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that's a stretch either. I'd probably say somewhere in the high teens, maybe low 20s from Ridgeline. Um, depending on how good of a fight or Green Canyon's defense puts up. Um, and then Green Canyon may or may not score in this game. They've struggled to score all season, save for one game. They could end up getting shut out. Maybe they kick a field goal. Maybe they get a touchdown, which that touchdown may come on special teams or defense. So could end up seeing something like 21-3, 21-0, maybe 21-7. Something in that range. But, yeah, unfortunately a game that we were hoping was going to be a lot better may not end up being super close. But if, if Green Canes defense puts up a fight, it could be exciting that way where it's a low scoring, grind it out, you know, something like that. There's nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned 10-3 to football game. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. A um, couple texts coming through, 9315. Does, uh, are all the new nicknames so Jason can win the bread and butter play of the game without getting in trouble? <laughs> Maybe I've already won it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 5879 had a text coming through bef- uh, at the top of the hour that we didn't get to fully explore. We're talking about ESPN's FPI and trying to project win totals for various teams. And after the UConn game, they had Utah State at 8-4 and four for the season. But then after... Uh, after this bye week, they now have Utah State finishing 3-9. and nine. They only have the Aggies winning two more games, uh, New Mexico and Hawaii, and uh, predicting that USU loses 42-14. to 14. Uh, That's uh, that's the 5879's prediction. He said, I want to be proven wrong so bad, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Utah State, if they win this game, that can really turn around some season expectations. Because it'll mean improvement. If they lose this game against UNLV and don't show a ton of improvement, kind of talked about this yesterday, where if Utah State loses this game something like 
you know, 35, or, you know, maybe another 35-7 or, or 34 to, to 7 or, you know, or even just three points, you know, like 31-3. to three. You know, I'd be a lot more upset about that result than even if Utah State were to lose like 45-35. If Utah State lost in a shootout, I could at least take away something from that. There'd still be some pessimism saying, oh, well, now the defense is terrible as opposed to just the offense being terrible. You know, I, I want to see some improvement from the offense because that means that Utah State will have a path forward to winning football games. Because right now, with how bad the offense is playing, you can't win football games if your offense is terrible. You know, last year their defense was kind of iffy in places, but their offense was great, and that just took care of everything. And the defense stepped up in big games that allowed them to win the championship. You know, defenses win championships. Even though the defense was iffy for some of the season. They were able to overcome that with really good offense, explosive offense, big plays, chunk yards, you know, get in the end zone. And this year, you know, without the points and with a defense that's about the same as last year where it's strong sometimes, they get some tackles for loss, make some impact plays. They have, you know, like six turnovers this season that they've forced and a bunch of tackles for loss. It doesn't matter how good the defense does. Because, for one, they're still giving up the same kind of big plays they were last year at times, and the offense is terrible. So there's no path to winning for Utah State from the team we've currently seen. If they show offense again, then there's a path toward winning. There's, there's my rant. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. No, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, I think that for, for Utah State, you know, getting back on track is a big key here, right? And I think they do have an opportunity this weekend to do that. Um, is is the season totally in dire straits? It's on shaky ground, that's for sure. But um, even if they lose this Saturday, the season's not lost. It doesn't get much easier, but it's not lost. You might still be a few weeks before you find another opportunity to win. I think Utah State can still beat UNLV. I think they can beat Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico. Uh, I think they're Hawaii. There are a number of teams on this schedule that this team can still beat. Now, if you can't beat Weber State, how can you say you, they, you can beat those teams? I think this team has is, is done a lot of soul-searching this week. And there are a lot of good players on this team. The talent level is there for Utah State to win more than this three and nine projection from ESPN. So I don't I don't buy that. But if they don't start making headway and showing improvements this Saturday, it could start to fray even further and could be difficult. I'm not saying this is a linchpin game that it all hangs on the in the balance this Saturday. But it's going to be a little bit before it starts to get better and the opportunities start to be more competitive for USU. But for me, the, one of the keys in this one is how well does this team perform on first down? Now, how, do they, how do they get going at the first play uh, on, of the set of, on the first set of downs? That's been one of their biggest issues that puts them behind the chains throws off their rhythm, throws off their flow, and they just haven't been able to develop that. They were pretty good against UConn doing that. Conservative play calling against Alabama that didn't provide opportunities for it. And then 
various reasons it just didn't come together against Weber State. They've got to be able to do that. That's one of my biggest keys coming into this one on Saturday for USU. You said you didn't think this game was a linchpin game, and I think it just it very well might be. Because if you lose this game, and maybe if you lose it close, like I said, if you lose it, but you show improvement, then you can maybe get around this a little bit. But they've spent this entire bye week saying we're doing soul searching, we're figuring things out, we're looking inside ourselves, we're making improvements. And if they go out there and they just lose again at home to UNLV, that just shatters the team, I think, at that point. And maybe they can end up building back a little bit. But this whole week has been about how much better we're getting and we're getting back to you know utilizing our talent and being creative and just improving the things we need to improve on. But if you lose this week, you've run out of excuses. There, there's no more excuses. There's no more, you know, we can take a week to, to look at ourselves and do soul searching. And we can take the bye week to get healthy and, and yada, yada, yada. There's, there's nothing else at that point. And then you have to go face the BYU. And, you know, things only get tougher. So if they lose this game, it goes out of control and fast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, right, it, it's you lose a conference game, you've already got, you know, a lot of doubt and, and concern. Um, and then you're going to play a BYU team that's very good. Um, and uh, that, that's an emotional game for different reasons. Um, and it just it, it doesn't get much easier for a little bit. Um, but it's an important game, but I don't want to get too caught up in this is such an important game, it means everything. Because if they get caught up in that and it doesn't go their way, then it really spins out of control a lot faster. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is I feel like they are kind of caught up in this. The, the players, they're focusing all of this on we're going to come back and we're going to get this game that's going to get us on track. And if they don't do that, we've already worried about how mentally tough this team is given some of these early games. And, you know, if if they do all this hype for this game and it falls apart, they might fall apart as well. And that's not a guarantee that they'll completely fall apart because they're still going to be like seven, eight games after this. Eight games, something like that. There's technically time. But at that point, there's it's just such an uphill climb. You've already dug yourself such a big hole. Like, you know, what are they going to motivate themselves with? You know, how are they going to push forward? It'll just be really difficult for them if they lose this game. Uh, two four one seven texting in. Uh, you you can't judge the defense if they're on the field for eighty percent of the game. Yeah, and that's why I've not been super critical of the defense thus far, despite having some pretty shaky numbers and, and some bad numbers in some areas. I've maintained pretty consistently that I like this defense, and despite some flaws, you know, some issues in, in covering the gaps in the run game, and they've not actually not shown too many bad uh, aspects of, of pass defense, unless you count the pass rush where they can't finish off a sack. Those are kind of the main areas is and they all lie in the front seven, is inability to finish a pass rush and stay gap sound. I've not been nearly as concerned by the defense giving up lots of points as I have been by the offense not scoring points. Because I can see a path to this defense being solid and having good games. 
I'm not seeing much of a pass for the offense to have to be great, you know, unless something changes really quickly that we haven't seen so far. Yeah, the, the, the offense has to be able to stay on the field, give the defense a, a chance to take a breath. Because I think that defense can affect a game, but if they're if the if it's three and out and you're back out there after forty five seconds on the bench in real time of only uh, you know forty seconds off the clock, then that's just way too much to ask. Yeah, you haven't had time to rest for one. You haven't had time to talk things over with your defensive coordinator. What did we see out there? You know, what adjustments are we going to make really quick for the next drive? Yeah, this, this, that. this defense from Utah State is is has been good at getting to the quarterback, getting sacks, tackles for loss, and, and takeaways. They've had a lot of interceptions this year, so they can prove to be opportunistic. Now, are they flawed in some other ways? Yes, absolutely. They've got to shore up their run defense and being gap sound and things like that. But this defense does have players who can affect the game on the defensive side of the ball, we really need to see that on Saturday. Yeah. Well, this is the way the defense was last year. They were opportunistic. They forced some turnovers. They got a lot of tackles for loss. You know, maybe they'd give up an eight-yard run on first and uh, first and ten. Maybe they forced an incomplete, and then they sacked the quarterback. And that's maybe how a drive would go, is they'd maybe give up a few chunk plays, but then they'd force some losses, and they'd kill a drive. You know, classic bend but don't break. And this defense can be the same, but they've struggled because they're on the field so much, and they aren't quite as good as last year because they don't have the same number of playmakers, but they are solid top to bottom uh, in, in terms of their starters. Save for, you know, I think maybe one of the biggest issues with the run defense right now is how many players they're missing on the defensive line, specifically the interior defensive line. Now, they've lost one guy for the season. Holly's been injured. Um, the other guy whose name I can't remember slash pronounce... Pekesi? Yeah, Pekesi. He's He's been in and out of the lineup. True. Your leader in snap count on the defensive line is a redshirt freshman. So, Yeah, they're young. <laughs> a lot and, of young guys being plugged into the important spots. Yeah, and but they need these they need this depth and to not have to play those young guys so much. A couple more texts rolling through on the full court press text line. 9315. My personal belief is that we win this game Saturday by two touchdowns. Never lost a USU football game in the past five years when me and a full-court press host have been a Maverick Stadium at the same time. How many games have you been to? <laughs> Usually that would have been Ajay, I guess, because you haven't gone to too many. Uh, I, yeah, it's been a minute since I've been there. I mean, I'm usually here in studio. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to the games this year. Yeah. Were you? Was 9315 there uh, two weeks ago? Because you were there. Yeah, we we say, yeah, I was, <laughs> maybe nine three one five wasn't must, there. He must not have been. Yeah, yeah like uh, I said, he probably just hasn't gone to too many games. Five four five two. I have to agree with Jason. If they lose to Weber and UNLV at home, how are they going to beat anyone? How can they have any confidence? It it may come down to not just whether or not they they lose, but how they lose. If they lose like they did against Weber, then okay, yes, I think we can all agree it's going to be really tough to find victories with this squad. Yeah. If if it's a battle, and they lose in the last minute or whatever, you know, 
down to the wire, yeah, that stinks. But at least you're seeing some fight out of the team. And they're competitive. Uh, and I think that's it's not just if you lose. I think it's how you lose that can really tell the story. Yeah, and this, that's, that's why I said I'd rather see this team lose 45-35 than 35-7. Because that means there is improvement. Um, it still would be a little crushing, but the coaching staff would at least be able to go back with something. And that's what they need to do. If they lose this, this you know, you know, V game and they just, the coaching staff has, it has to have another, you know, week like they did with Weber state where they just have to try and rebuild it from the bottom. They don't have time to do that. So they have to be able to take something positive away from this game because otherwise the team will just be completely crushed. And it'll be hard anyway, even if they lose. They'll still they'll lose a lot of swagger because part of the hope of UNLV is this is a start of conference. If you if they turn you know put all this behind them and play good in conference, they can still reach most of the goals they did, they had at the beginning of the season as far as Mountain West Conference championships and all that. They can still reach those goals. They lose to UNLV, then. Pretty much all that's over from the get-go. Yeah, a lot more of your texts coming through. We want to get to those. More of our predictions, uh, keys for us for Utah State, UNLV. Love to get yours as well. 435-339-0321. They chime in on the full court press. We'll be back in about three and a half minutes from now. Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive. Uh, we actually recently had him come out here at uh, the Radio Ranch, take a look at some of our vehicles. He's really responsive. And he'll come out, and wherever your vehicle is, whether it's like one of ours that just was here and we had trouble getting it running, or if it, your vehicle stranded you somewhere, give him a call. He's mobile, he's fast, he's certified, he knows what he's doing. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Hey, are you looking for a new job or new opportunity? We have exactly what you're looking for. We've got a lot of businesses that are looking for you. Businesses like Campbell's Snacks, Nexio, Post Cereals, Costco, and many others. Don't delay. Come to Castle Manor in Hyde Park. It goes till 6 p.m. tonight. Be prepared to interview on the spot. Opportunities for growth, incredible pay opportunities as well. If you have been lacking in that opportunity in your particular job sphere, this could be exactly what you've been waiting for. The Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair going on today till 6 o'clock at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. That's at 170 West, 3900 North in Hyde Park. Entry is absolutely free for job seekers and if you're seeking for a job, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. The Cash Valley Media Group Fall Job Fair on till 6 tonight. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. 
We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced Heating and Air. The people have spoken. Steel-coated epoxy floors of Cache Valley has been voted gold medal winner for 2022 Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row. Known for their extremely durable floor coating systems, they can completely transform your concrete. Garages and shops, porches and patios, they coat it all. With over 25 years of operation, Steel-coated epoxy floors is Cache Valley's premier coating professionals. Contact Steel-coated floors of Cache Valley today. Find them online at steelcoatedfloors.com. Hey, it's Jackson from Mountain West Motor. I want to invite all of you to our off-road event and cookout on October 1st at 4 p.m. Bring your street-legal off-road vehicle and meet us at 4 p.m. at Mountain West Motor, 615 North Main in Logan. We will check out each other's rigs for about an hour, then head out around 5 p.m. to Providence Canyon. At the quarry, we'll have hot dogs and hamburgers ready for everyone who can make it. For more details, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. That is mwmotor.co. See you at 4 p.m. on October 1st at Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Yes. Got my name right this time. That's right. Uh, and uh, getting a lot of your texts rolling in as well. Our prediction Thursday here on the Full Court Press. Uh, how we think things might play out on Saturday. Kickoff at 5 o'clock on Merlin Olson Field. KVNU game day coverage beginning at 3.30 on KVNU and here on The Fan Broadcasting live at Prodigy Brewing. Stop by, grab a bite to eat before you go to the game. They've got a great family-friendly menu for kids uh, as well and some Oktoberfest specials that they'll be introducing. So go check it out at Prodigy Brewing on Center Street in downtown Logan. Uh, a couple of texts uh, rolling through here. Uh, let's see, uh, 6211. I was surprised to see that UNLV is a 2.5-point favorite over Utah State. What do you guys think? It's actually now moved up to three. Yeah, it's a, a lot of movement on that line. It's a little surprising, but when I'm thinking of my own score predictions, <laughs> UNLV might cover. <laughs> oh, a little bit of a teaser as to what Jason thinks might happen. Uh, 9315. Skipped the text before. Did we miss one? Yeah, there's another, another long one. It's the one right before is the one he says his personal beliefs. So with all the information I have now, if this season goes down the crapper, I'll be more understanding with the rough ride Coach A has gone through. You can look at Anderson's history and see he has had one bad season out of many great seasons. And see, Coach Anderson's thing has been, you know, eight and four seasons. That's what he was doing a lot at Arkansas State. His season last year was by far his best. 
Um, generally speaking, he's been middle of the road. He's slightly higher than middle of the road. Contending for conference championships, not always winning them. Uh, but I think he did have a couple of Sunbelt titles. One or two with Arkansas State, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So he has good teams. Last year he had a great team. That's not going to be you know, the norm. The mark of success for Anderson here will be kind of replicating that because Utah State's not had that. They've not had the consistency of eight and four teams every year. You know, they go eleven and two, then six and six, and then three and nine, and then six and seven, and then eleven and two, and then <laughs> one and five, and then Bit you of a know, yo-yo. eleven and three, and so it's it's you'd like to see some consistency out of the Utah State program, which is one of the you know things we were talking about in the summer is can they be consistent? Right now we're kind of worrying about that. They're consistent in one way, and it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, consistency, zero points on offense. <laughs> That's yes. Right. Two games in a row. Uh, five three three eight. I'll reiterate a point I made at the beginning of last season when Blake Anderson arrived. High tempo offenses can really pressure your defense if your offense is consistently going three and out. Yeah, my own high school we used to have we'd go super fast in the first drive. We had three scripted plays. It was kind of is a little more because sometimes there'd be an option between a couple plays, uh, so you could pick one or the other. So it wasn't necessarily three run these plays no matter what. And on the first drive, in like 80% of our games that year, the drive lasted literally 30 seconds. And the defense is on the field. And I've seen that way too often. I saw it out of Matt Wells' teams. Saw it out of Coach Anderson teams. Not so much last year because they're actually good on offense at times, but I really don't like it when people push tempo too much. And Blake's been good about it this year because he's not pushed tempo, and people are wondering, like, well, where's the tempo offense? And he's been like, well, when you when you suck on first down, you can't have a tempo offense. Yeah, they're uh, looking to the sideline a lot so yeah. far this year. Well, and they did it a lot, you know, even under Matt Wells, even Blake Anderson, even Gary Anderson, because one of the big things on uh, for college offenses now is they get to the line, and you know, a lot of times they'll do a, a hard count, see what the defense does, look over at the sideline, and then they pick a play based on what they saw the defense do which doesn't always work because then the defense looks at their sideline and they change what they're doing. So it's you, you saw that a lot under Matt Wells and Gary Anderson. You see it because they would go tempo up to the line and then you know do that whole song and dance. So it would be kind of tempo. Right. Blake did it a little bit, um, not as much. But again, he still does the, the hard count, stare at the sideline, because all the colleges do that now. That's why they have all these big old signs and whatnot, so... Yeah, no, so they, that, that's true. Yes, yeah, so they can com- communicate the new play once they see, oh, that linebacker's blitzing because they fell for the hard count. Right, where's where's the safety? Where's the where's the defensive ends? Where are they coming? Yeah. Um, so looking at this game coming up, what we know about UNLV, what we know about Utah State, what they've been going through and trying to address, how do we see this game playing out? Uh, what and what are some of your keys to this one for them to get back on track? Four three five three three nine zero three two one uh, seven eight five four texting in. You'll not have consistency until you have consistency with head coaches, and that's not going to happen at Utah State. If they're good, someone comes and steals them. If they're bad, they get fired. Yeah, and that's well. Matt that's, Wells was here for six years. He went six and seven, three and nine, six and seven. Some of those years. 
That's why he was around so long. He was about to get fired, and then he went 11-2. and two. But he was my, – my point with Wells is that he kind of defies the trend at Utah State, which I think is 7-8-5-4, the point he's trying to make, is that most coaches, the average lifespan for a head coach at Utah State is three years. Um, maybe a little bit more than that, but it's definitely it's not four, maybe three and a half. If but it's if, not four, if he's middle of the road at times, you can get five or six years out of him. And that's kind of what happened with Matt Wells. It's actually surprising after his first two years he didn't get uh, picked up because he went like ten and three, nine and four, or something like that. His first two years, I think he might have gotten ten and four the first year because I think he went to the Mountain West Championship his first year. And then he went nine games the following year. Uh, his first year he went nine and five. Oh, nine and five, and then he went ten. Then in ten and four. Ten and four. Okay, so I, I had those backwards. Um, but I he did go to the Mountain West Championship that first year though. Yes. So I had that part right. I just had the records yep. wrong. Um, but then he goes six and seven, nine and three, six and seven, and then the eleven and two. So the reason he stuck around so long is because he had goodwill from those first two seasons, had mediocre, bad, improved back to mediocre, then. He got on the map by having that crazy 2018 season. So Matt Wells defies the trend for a very specific reason, and in a way that Gary, Gary Blake Anderson could as well, actually, because Blake got a lot of goodwill from winning the Mountain West Championship, so it could be similar to Matt. He may have a down year this year, which he'll, his down year came a little quicker than Wells' did. If he improves steadily again... It won't be enough to get him somebody to pick him up out of Logan, but you know it'll be okay. He's improving back. Maybe he can build it back up. That's a potential path. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because he could just go bad year, bad year, fired. You know, maybe fired at the end of his third year if he has a consecutive bad year and everyone just loses hope in him. Yeah. So th- there's a couple of potential paths this could take, and it, one of them is potentially a five or six year tenure where he lasts because of that initial goodwill and isn't bad enough to just completely throw it away. And then we'll see how long that lasts, because Wells obviously has ended by having a great season, so he leaves. If anybody would have been, had an opportunity based on you know, their, their background and criteria to stick around for a while, it would have been Matt Wells. You know, former player, came here as a coordinator, uh, well, originally as a position coach, then was a coordinator, then became the head coach. So he had a lot of years and a lot of time invested in Logan. But even he only lasted six years. It's hard to turn down that paycheck, and these guys are ambitious. Justifiably so. Yeah. So the the way that Blake would stick around is he has to have those consistently mediocre slash slightly above mediocre, the 7-5, and 8-4 and four seasons over and over and over again. Good enough to not get fired and... People around here would love to see consistent eight and four seasons. It means they're good. They're not having these three and nine and one and five seasons. That could keep Blake around. He's not good enough to get poached by somebody else. Because who's poaching the quarterback or the coach at Utah State who goes eight and four every year? Nobody in the Pac-12 wants that. Nobody in the ACC wants that. They took Matt Wells because he had a spectacular offense, and you know it took Utah State to to eleven and two. And uh, Gary got poached because he had a great offense and a really strong defense. Yeah. That's why he went to Wisconsin. Yeah, so they had specific reasons to get taken because they were really good. You know, the P5s love taking the really good G5 coaches. 
but they have to show something really good. And if Gary is like he was at Arkansas State, you know, that was enough to get him poached to Utah State, but it's not enough to move up to the P5 level because they have a much higher standard. For Blake? Yeah. Yeah, for Blake. Did I say Gary again? Yeah. We should have like a, a Gary jar, and every time you say <laughs> the wrong... I think we should. <laughs> the wrong Anderson. I think we, we need to make a contribution. Should. I've got a bunch of coins over my desk that AJ left there, <laughs> so I can use those. Uh, more of your texts coming through, 3486. I couldn't handle watching Matt Wells' teams because of the look at the sideline. They did the hard count, look at the sideline, then throw a little bubble screen every time. Every single time. Who's the bubble screens that got me? Because everyone does that hard count look at the sideline. They, they were doing that with Gary. They did it with Matt. They do it now. Um, maybe a little more with Matt because they did that tempo thing that Gary and, and Blake haven't done as much. Matt Wells was huge into that tempo, um, especially that last year when they had all those one-minute touchdown drives. Um, so it's it's harder. <laughs> you, you don't see it as much. But yeah. yeah. I was never annoyed by that. I just always noticed, and I was like, are they really going tempo if you sprint to the line but then still snap it with, like, five seconds left on the Right, sh- you still the give clock? the defense time to set and see what you're doing and yeah. adjust. Yeah. Uh, 9315, my biggest key is an early touchdown on offense. My key is a touchdown on offense <laughs> at any point. Now, I understand the point, though, that an early yeah. touchdown – it, it it settles the controversy of the previous two games of not being able to find the end zone. Um, it, it, a, a shot of confidence that the offense can do something and that, look, this team is moving, right? They're moving forward in the right direction. I think that would that would score a lot of points, not just for the team's psyche, but also fans. Who would score six points, to be precise. Well. <laughs> Sorry, I keep making fun of y'all um, for unjustifiable reasons, even though I do agree with your points, you know. I agree that an early touchdown would be huge, and for a lot of the reasons that you said, Eric. I'm just kind of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> Besides the point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you all know that by now. You've had to listen to me for three months. Uh, 5338, those coaching tenure patterns exist at about 95% of other universities also. Uh, true, especially if you're at a, at a G5. Uh, if, you're, if you're having success, you're going to get elevated. Uh, if you're not, they're going to be on the lookout for somebody else. But if you're if you're in that seven to eight win range consistently at G five, I don't know that you're necessarily right away on the way out. Because, like you said, a, a P five program wants to see a, a G five coach who's winning ten games, who's winning eleven games. Um, if you're consistently at that seven and eight. It's more likelihood that you stick around a lot longer, but certainly we, if somebody can get the team to ten wins, eleven wins, you've elevated the program, and that's great. You've done your job, and we sh- we shouldn't hold a grudge for anybody seeking an opportunity to improve their 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 livelihood and and to get generational money. Yeah, and for a lot of the coaches that are you know winning the seven eight, you know seven wins eight win seasons, the only way you get fired. In that situation, usually it's only the P5 guys that get fired after consistent seven or eight win seasons because they have bigger expectations. Like I said, at Utah State, if we can get to a, you know, eight to ten year stretch of winning at least seven games every year, we'd love that. We, you know, go nuts over the fact that Utah State's made, Utah State's made bowl games in like 10 of the last 12 seasons or something like that. Um, 
th- those numbers are probably slightly off, but close. Yeah, they're they're close. The that's kind of the idea. Is we you know we talk about oh look how good we've been, how many wins we have, and we compare ourselves and we say this is what we've been doing the last ten years. And in those last ten years, we have a one and five and a three and nine season and a bunch of mediocre seasons. We're already stoked with a few good seasons, mediocrity, and a couple bad seasons. Like imagine, you know. You know this town having a you know a stretch of eight to ten years where you don't have a bad year. I'd love that here. Sure, it might be a bit of a low bar, but let's start with that. When we had like yeah. twenty years where we didn't have a winning season, you get to that point, and you could keep the coach around long enough if they're only in that range for reasons we've gone over two or three times now. All right, uh, more text coming through. Love to get more of your predictions. We'll give our score predictions for Utah State and UNLV. On Saturday, a quick time out here in the Full Court Press and uh, more of that and uh, Pick 6 coming up next or a little bit later on this hour as well. Stick around. Hey, we get it. Finding a good job can be difficult, especially now when there are jobs virtually everywhere and employers are so desperate they are giving you opportunities like never before. And that's a good thing. And that's exactly what's going on right now at the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair going on at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. And in case you didn't know, Castle Manor is located at 170 West, 3900 North in Hyde Park. It's absolutely free for job seekers. And there are a lot of different businesses looking for you today, like Maverick, JBS USA, Kelly Services, FedEx, Thermo Fisher, and many others. Why put it off? Drop by today. It could be the opportunity you've been waiting your entire life for. Opportunities that won't come along very often and may actually be gone tomorrow. Be prepared to interview for that position today at Castle Manor during the Cash Valley Media Group's job fair till 6 tonight. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
Mountain West Motor invites you to their off-road car show and barbecue Saturday, October 1st. So starting at 4 o'clock, show up with your off-road or four-wheel drive vehicle at Mountain West Motor. Then at 5, you're going to head up to the quarry in Providence Canyon to grill hot dogs and burgers. It'll be a fun Saturday afternoon for your whole family and your friends. Go check it out at Mountain West Motor on Saturday, October 1st. So Utah State taking on UNLV Saturday, 5 o'clock, KVNU game day coverage, which will be simulcast here on The Fan. We'll begin at 3.30, broadcasting live at Prodigy Brewing. And um, our predictions for the game. We've been talking about some of the keys for us. Uh, A first down efficiency is really big for me. And I think defensively they need to continue to be opportunistic, getting after the quarterback and and creating turnovers. And Jason, your keys for the game? Uh, I want to see chunk plays on offense. Got to have them. Um, there's a lot of things to start on offense, but just get some chunk plays. That's what helped uh, the offense last season because they had some of these some same problems where they struggled in the run game at times and you know throw some interceptions and some incomplete passes. I mean, Bonner only completed like barely over 60% of his passes, which isn't you know elite. It's kind of below average um, or maybe slightly above average for college. But they had a bunch of chunk plays. That helped the offense get over any issues it had. They need to do that this year, or this game. They need to do it this year. <laughs> this year. But they need to do it this game. Starting Saturday. Get some chunk plays. And I think Terrell Vaughn and Nine Davis actually playing more could help that because they have some you know, dy- dynamic aspects to them where maybe you can have them stretch the field out of that out of that slot receiver spot. Some breakaway yeah. speed. Which is where Devin Tompkins did it from. He, he lined up in the slot usually. so, And he was able to you know, create some big plays. 9315 says, at least USU gives a guy a chance, uh, unlike a place like Texas Tech. Yeah, they gave him two and a half years. Yeah, they should give Matt a little bit more time. They're, they're not patient. Short leash. At, at P5 schools, they are com- they're totally impatient. Yes. 2603, though we've had good teams recently, it seems that one of our struggles has been consistent good offensive play calling. We went through the bubble screen era, yeah, outside screen era, and we seem very heavily involved in outside plays rather than going down the middle, uh, and I don't know why. Yeah, a lot of times they like to pretend that they have speed, and they don't. Like, they run bubble screens, which is more of a speed offense. If you have good speed and good wide receiver blocking, then you can do it. Utah State usually doesn't have either of those things, so I don't know why you'd ever run a bubble screen at Utah State. And there's some other issues. I'm not as trying to run away from defensive fronts and trying to get guys going lateral side to side. Yeah, you don't have speed. You here have to so do that have... if you're under if you're undermatched. Yeah, you you don't have speed, so don't use it. And Blake Anderson said all the time last year, oh, "We like our speed compared to other teams." And I'm like, really? I don't. Well, it still worked out. It worked out. Well, they had Devin Tompkins as far as speed, yeah. so that so they did have speed there. Um, but on defense, they weren't fast, and that, that's why they kept, when teams run outside on Utah State, they get to the edge so often, and that's that's why Air Force does really well against Utah State, is they get to the edge, and nobody can ever, you know, Can't cover the edge properly. Can't get them on properly. the angle, yeah. Uh, 5879, keys, less overthrown balls, and no more drop passes. Yes, that's a big... I like that idea. That's a big one. Uh, so, prediction time, Jason. Score of the game Saturday, how will it play out? Who comes out on top? In the Mountain West opener for both schools. So, good news, Utah State scores double-digit points. Bad news, 
I have UNLV winning this game. I have them winning at 27-23. Utah State's going to move the ball a little bit better. They're going to struggle in the red zone, kick more field goals than maybe we'd like, and ultimately come up short against UNLV. Uh, I'm with you that Utah State rediscovers its offense and gets into the end zone, but I've also got UNLV with the win. I I think there'd be more points scored. Uh, I I think Utah State has struggled to maintain and contain offenses. I don't think UNLV has done necessarily stellar with their defense either, considering who they've played. Um, So I've got Utah State 35, but I've got UNLV at 38. I would love to believe that it would go the other way around. And maybe not quite as many points will be scored, but that's that's where I'm at on this game. I hope I'm wrong. I think we really both really hope, hope I'm wrong. wrong. We both hope we're wrong, but there's some realities about this team that they have to prove us wrong before we uh give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. Uh your predictions, love to hear them. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Uh, coming up on the other side, we'll give our other predictions for the weekend with our pick six. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Back to school time is here. You have a lot to do to get the kids ready, which includes new glasses. Crystal Vision can help. For a limited time, save 30% off frames and lenses for your child ages 18 and under. Plus, flex spending is due. So now is the time to get your order in. Send them back to school in style and save 30% off. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Gold medal winner Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204. Today. See store for details. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, pick six time. Uh, picks for the weekend. I, I don't, I don't love my pick for Utah State, but I had to, I had to go with it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. But it's like there's a reality about this team, and I have to pick like I, I'm trying to predict something. I can't pick like a homer and just pick my team every time. Yeah, I just over three games. I just, I don't see it yet. I'm hoping I'm wrong. 2787 says 2117 for UNLV. Low, lower scoring game. Um, so other things we think might happen this week. Um, pick six. So I won last week on the tiebreaker. Yeah. Two so divine interventions. It was really, really close. I just happened to have things go my way. So uh, three, 
Three things from me, three things from you, Jason. I'm actually going to go first this time. So uh, Mountain West wins this weekend. Victories by Mountain West teams. Setting the line at five and a half. Now, there are guaranteed two wins because there are two games featuring Mountain West opponents playing against each other. But total wins by Mountain West teams this weekend at five and a half. Five and a half? I'm going to take the under. It's my computer freaks out at me. Um, ooh. I was hoping you'd take the over. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I'll, I'll be behind the Mountain West. Uh, what about Region 11 football? Home teams winning this weekend from Region 11. Setting the line at one and a half. So Green Canyon's playing at home. Green Logan's Canyon is hosting Skyview. Logan. Green Canyon is hosting Ridgeline. Okay. And Logan is hosting Mountain Crest. So Bear River's hosting Skyview. Green Canyon's hosting Ridgeline. Logan's. I'm thinking the home teams are going 0 3. I think I'm going to take the end. You're going to take the under. <laughs> I don't think we're going to hit one, much less two. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over. Uh, and then finally. Strikeouts by Shohei Otani on Friday at the Twins. Like that he throws? Yes, he will be on the mound. Okay. Because he also bats, too. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Have you heard about him? (laughs) On the mound. Uh, Uh, You got to line at seven and a half. Sorry, (laughs) I didn't give you the line. Seven and a half. Seven and a half strikeouts for Um, Otani on Friday. Who are they playing? They're at the Twins. Um, I'll take the over. Why not? Okay, I will take the under. Okay. Um, we'll go with this. Uh, how many 0-3 teams will there be in the NFL by the end of week two? Now, I know there's Monday games. We do pick six results on Monday, but there's no 0-2 teams playing on Monday, so we can still do this. Um, there's five 0-2 teams. How many 0-3 teams will there be by the end of week two? Um, by the end of week three? Or th- Hey, week three, sorry. <laughs> I think that's some, some magic going on. Anyway, you just, just pick a number zero through five. Technically, there will be at least one 0 and 3 team because two of the 0 and 2 teams play each other. Ah, just pick a number. Yeah, it's just pick a number one through five. Uh, I'm going to, I'll say, I'll say three. Okay, I'm going to go with two. Okay. Um, Logan Bonner passing yards over under 205 and a half. Logan Bonner passing yards at how much? 205.5. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Then final one, Patriots versus Ravens. Uh, leading rusher, Lamar Jackson or the field? Lamar Jackson or anyone else on Ravens or Patriots to be the leading rusher in their matchup this weekend. Uh, uh, I'm going to take Jackson. I'm going to take the field. Okay. All right, and then for the tiebreaker, um, combined passing yards in the game between the Bills and the Dolphins. 695 and a half. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, geez. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. I think we... I think we went different on all of them this week. Yes, we did. 
<laughs> yes, we did. We'll find out who's the closest on Monday. Stick around tomorrow. We'll preview Region 11 and look ahead to the Mountain West weekend and the NFL as well. Until then, have a great night, everybody. With Mark-